Welcome to the New to Jesus podcast, where we find foundational truths to help you take your first steps in your walk with Christ. Hey, Dan Bergen here. I want to share with you a message entitled Hope for the Downcast Soul. Do you feel like you have no hope? Like you're down and depressed and you just you can't get out of it? Even if you know Jesus as your Savior, you're just struggling? I want to share some things with you out of the Psalms that I believe will be a help to you. In Psalm 42, David is crying out to God. And he says in verses 1 through 4, that there's living water for the thirsty soul. Verse 1 of Psalm 42 says, As the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat or my food, day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Have you felt like that? Maybe you're experiencing some kind of trial or some kind of difficulty, and you feel like every single tear that rolls down your face is mocking you. Where is your God? Isn't he there? Isn't he going to do something for you? David felt this way. The next verse says, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. David's remembering what it was like. Do you know that we're living spiritually dehydrated lives? Have you ever been dehydrated? Oftentimes you don't realize it until it's too late. But we don't get enough water, oftentimes. And spiritually, we don't get enough sustenance. We don't realize it. We're living lives that are spiritually lacking in nutrition. And David says, as the, as the heart of the deer panteth after the water brooks, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. Do you ever feel like you have a realization that you're not getting enough of God's word in your life, that you're not experiencing enough of a communion with God. Have you ever felt that peace, that joy that comes only from the Holy Spirit and that we can't necessarily experience through circumstances of life? It only comes from God. And if you've ever experienced that, maybe you're like I am sometimes, and realize that we're missing out on something that we once had. David says, my soul is it's just thirsting after you, O God. I, I want to know you more, just like the Apostle Paul, who spoke to Jesus personally. Jesus appeared to him in a vision. Jesus communed with him. Jesus gave him revelation. And yet Paul still says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He wanted to know Jesus more than he ever did before. And if the Apostle Paul has that cry, has that desire, we should have it too. And I don't just want to leave you with that that emptiness, that desire, that thirst, but I want to help you. I want to help us to be able to experience it again. And so we're living spiritually dehydrated lives, and oftentimes we don't even realize it until it's too late. When was the last time 
that you felt like this. This is a verse from Psalm 63 in verse 1. It says, O oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. Listen to this. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Do you realize what this verse is saying? The psalmist is saying, in a place where there's, there's no water, it's dry, there's a drought, it's thirsty. But I don't care about water. I'm thirsting after you. Can you realize that we are in a place, oftentimes in our life, where we're trying to fulfill that lack of peace, that lack of joy with stuff. Even as believers, we can oftentimes be this way. And it doesn't fulfill, does it? Sin doesn't fulfill. Things don't fulfill. Relationships with people don't fulfill. And whatever you're experiencing right now, the answer is the Lord. The answer is his presence. The answer is his peace. And I want to help you to be able to experience that today, right now, as you're watching this video. Because I've been there before. A while ago, my wife and I realized that we were not getting enough water. And so we decided to drink more and more water. Uh, to drink water before we ate our meal so that we wouldn't end up filling ourselves up on food. This is what I often do. I end up filling myself up on so much food and I end up, end up getting overfilled because my eyes are bigger than my stomach and I have a complex where I feel like I have to finish everything on the plate. But once all the food is gone, I don't have enough room for liquid, for water, for fluid. And so I get dehydrated quite often. And so we need to realize that we need the Lord. We need his word daily. Um, the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You might not feel right now like, like he is the answer, like his word is the answer. You might just be so overwhelmed with whatever your circumstance is that you don't even feel like opening this book. This is the answer. The disciples told Jesus, where, where else are we gonna go? You have the words of life. When was the last time that you were waiting for God to speak to you from his word? Verse number two, it says, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? I've had circumstances in my life at different times where I've just been so bogged down, so overwhelmed with stress and anxiety that I need God to speak to me. Have you ever been there? where you're, you're flipping through the pages of scripture looking for some kind of relief from your stress, from your burden, from your depression even, God can help you with all of these things. And the first part is to realize that we're dehydrated spiritually, to realize that we have a lack of communion with God in our lives. And you might say, Dan, I read my Bible all the time. I pray all the time and I still feel like this. It's not just reading your Bible. It's not just praying. It's having an attitude of 
desperation for God, like we see in the psalmist here. And sometimes our tears, like I said, can, can taunt us, can mock us. Where is your God? We need to realize he's right here. He's never left us. The Bible says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. If you know Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God is dwelling within your heart. And he is with you. And oftentimes he's waiting for us to come to him for help. The Bible says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, uh, that we might find grace to help in time of need. And even like when you can think about the times when, Dan, I used to be happy. I used to have joy. I remember these times when I was, I was, things were going good. I, I was happy. When was that? Was it when all of your circumstances were going just perfectly? Do you realize that we can have true joy that is independent of circumstances? That is the kind of joy that, that Jesus gives. He says, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. He says, my peace give I unto you in John 14. We can have a peace and a joy that surpasses circumstances. And that's what I want you to, to help you to latch onto right now. And we've already talked about living water for the thirsty soul. Now what we're going to talk about in verses 5 through 11 is calling unto God from the midst of your depression. In verse 5, David says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And the word countenance there means face, his presence, his being right in front of you. When David says, why art thou cast down on my soul? It's, it's kind of a rhetorical statement and it's kind of not. He's, he's, he's asking himself in the depths of his soul, why are you like this? Why are you so sad? Why are you so depressed? The word disquieted, when David says, why art thou disquieted within me? Literally has the idea of turbulence. You've ever been on a plane that has been really turbulent. I didn't know this before, but people said not to sit in the back of the plane, especially on flights overseas, because it can be really turbulent in the back. Well, we were coming back from a trip to Israel that my wife and I took, and our seats happened to be in the back of the plane. And it got more turbulent over the Atlantic Ocean, more turbulent than I had ever experienced. And there was a girl there who was freaking out. And she was kind of outwardly expressing how I felt on the inside. But she started screaming and shaking and she was just, she thought we were gonna die. And the stewardess came up to her and, and, and sat down, you know, in the aisle, she kneeled down next to this girl and she comforted her and she told her it's gonna be okay. And she says, this is, this is normal. And she talked about her first flight as a stewardess um, overseas and it was on a flight back from Japan and she said it was just so incredibly turbulent that people were getting sick all over the plane and she says that's when she had to get her her air legs so to speak kind of like sea legs you know for people that are uh, going on boats and cruises all the time they, they have to get their bearings to where they can manage not getting seasick and not getting motion sick but that, that turbulence is, is not fun, especially when you're like 
in a chunk of metal that's 30,000 feet in the air flying over the ocean. It's not fun. It can cause you to real quickly um, make sure that you're right with God because who knows what's going to happen. It can be a scary thing. David says, my soul is like that. It's turbulent. It's all over the place. And he doesn't know what to do. But then David gives the answer in verse 6. He says, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, of the Hermonites, from the hill of Mizar. David is remembering what God has done for him. And this is part of the key in getting out of this rut that you're in. But David continues in verse number 7, about one trial after the other after the other is just crashing over him. It says, Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts. All thy waves and thy billows have gone over me. You ever been boogie boarding or surfing and you're out in the ocean and the wave comes and you get knocked down and you fly under the wave and maybe you crash into the ocean floor and you're tumbling around, you don't know which way is up, you're getting scraped up, knocked around, and then as soon as you get your head above water, another wave crashes over you. David is saying, this is how I feel. I'm going through all of these trials, one after the other after the other. Maybe you're feeling kind of like Job. Maybe the same thing's happening to you, where one thing after the other after the other is happening in your life, and you just feel like you're barely keeping your head above water. Well, there's hope. And David felt that way. David had been there. Take hope. There is an answer. There is relief from this. God is still there. And he still loves you right now. Just as much as he did before all of this stuff happened in your life, he loves you just the same. Look at verse 8. He says, Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. There's hope because God loves you. He still loves you. There's nothing that you can do. If you know Jesus as your savior, there's nothing you can do, good or bad, to make God love you any less than he does right now. He doesn't love you less because you're going through all this junk in your life. His love is unchanging and he's still there. And you know, it's okay to ask God why. Look at verse 9. It says, I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? God is not offended when we ask him why. Sometimes he'll give us an answer. Sometimes his answer is wait. And sometimes he's trying to get us to find the answer based on our relationship with him. Sometimes he lets stuff into our life just so we'll, we'll trust him more, we'll hold to him more tightly, and as a result, we'll have more joy and more peace than we ever did before this trial began. It's okay to explain to God what your difficulties are. Verse number 10 says, As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me. Will they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? David is explaining all of the things that bother him. He's asking God why, and he's explaining his difficulties. All of this is perfectly fine for you to do. Talk to God about what you're going through. 
You can ask him why, and you can list to him the things that are bothering you and getting you down. That's exactly what David did here in this psalm. And the answer is to set your hope in God. Verse number 11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted? Why art thou turbulent within me? Hope thou in God. Set your expectation on God. That's what hope means. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Hope isn't just a passive thing like, I hope so, or, you know, I wish that this would happen. Bible hope is with faith setting your expectation and your focus on God. That's what David did. That's what pulled him out of this rut. And then in Psalm 43, you find that he's pleading for God to intervene. Psalm 43 in verse 1 says, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. Maybe it's a person that hurt you, that's making you feel this way. David is pleading for God to intervene. Barnes Notes on the Bible says this phrase, Judge me, O God, does not mean pronounce sentence upon me, but it means undertake my cause, interpose in my behalf, do justice in the case. He regarded his own cause as right. He felt that he was greatly wronged by the treatment which he received from people. You ever felt that way? And he asks to have it shown that he was not guilty of what his enemies had charged him, that he was an upright man and a friend of God. Maybe it's a person that hurt your feelings or did something to make you feel so down. And Jesus says that we should love our enemies. Sometimes what really needs to happen in that case is forgiveness. It's for you to forgive that person. Now that doesn't seem like it's an easy thing to do. Sometimes it's very difficult. Sometimes it almost feels impossible. Do you know the case where Jesus said that if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can move mountains? The context of that passage, just before he talks about moving mountains, was about forgiving somebody who had wronged you. It might feel like a mountain to forgive that person. But Jesus said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can move that mountain. Why? Because Jesus forgave you. And because he forgave you of all of your sins when you trusted him as your savior, you can forgive that person. You can let them go. It's often said that, that bitterness, when you're bitter against somebody, it's like drinking poison, hoping that that will hurt the other person. But the one that it really hurts is you. And so you, if you're in this state, in this case of depression, feeling down, sometimes the answer is in forgiving that person that wronged you, for you to get out of this rut. Because if you're holding on to that, you're holding on to that hurt, it's really hurting you. 
it's self-inflicting pain upon you by not releasing that person from the blame of hurting you. That's not saying that they didn't do wrong. That's saying that you, in a Christ-like manner, are going to let go and forgive them for what they did. In verse 2 of Psalm 43, David is not only asking God why, but he's asking himself why. He says, For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I a mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Sometimes it takes some introspective looking and examining your own heart. Now, you found this video probably because you're depressed and you're down because of the circumstances that are going on in your life. Maybe there's not a circumstance, but you can't pinpoint the reason that you feel down. You might not want to hear this, but it might be that there's something in your own heart that needs to change. Now, I'm not throwing any blame upon you or saying that you did something wrong. What I am saying is what David experienced was both outside oppression and internal depression. He examined his heart. Why am I mourning? Why am I so down because of all of this stuff? Look at who God is and what he has done for me and what he makes available to me by way of his peace and his joy. And sometimes it takes a look inward. Not always, but sometimes. And then in verse 3, it's asking God to shed light on your circumstances and to help you see the truth. Oh, send thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. David's saying, God, help me to get out of this. Help me to see from within what's wrong and how I can fix it. Joy will return abundantly when you focus on God's truth and God's light. Verse 4 says, Then I will go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy, be upon the harp Will I praise thee, O God, my God? Joy comes when we allow God's truth and God's light to illuminate our heart so that we can see clearly what is getting us so down. Sometimes it's of our own making. God can help you get out of this thing if you'll allow him to shed that light upon your heart. And then the answer comes in verse 5. Set your hope. God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. There is a way out. There is a way to have joy again. There is a way to get out of this depression. And the answer is 100% finding God himself. Sometimes it takes a refocusing. I want to close with this. Do you remember Peter when he went out on the water to come unto Jesus on the Sea of Galilee? He went out walking on the water. And then he started to see the waves. He started to feel the wind in his hair. Maybe there was thunder in the background. And he began to sink. And like those billows, like those waves that are pouring over somebody that, that wiped out when they were boogie boarding. He was feeling like he couldn't get air, like he was just sinking. Do you feel like that? 
What's the answer? The answer is to get your eyes back on Jesus. To focus on Jesus because his hand is right there, right above those waves, waiting to pull you up. Reach out to him. Stop looking at the waves and focus on who Jesus is. And he will get you out of this. God bless you. I hope and pray that this video has been a blessing to you. Thank you so much for listening to the New to Jesus podcast. You can go to our website, newtojesus.com. That's new, the number two, jesus.com. If you'd like to find me on social media, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at danielbergman99. And if you'd like to rate and review this podcast on iTunes, that helps us to get in front of more people to help them take their first steps as new believers in Jesus.